2: your Barely even know who changing the unknown In a wild
1: Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne
2: What is up everybody? This is the Podcastianos Presented by Moot's Pizzeria and Bar Before or after the game at Comerica Stop in to Moot's Pizzeria for a slice or a whole pie you won't be disappointed we are live once again in the heart of the D downtown Detroit on Library Street at Moots my name is Jordan Hall I'm joined again by now friend of the the show and recurring co-host possibly the only recurring co-host at this point uh, Alex Urban Alex thanks so much for coming downtown with me
1: I'm glad to be back Jordan thanks for having me
2: so what have you been up to these days as summer is now turning into fall the leaves are starting to change
1: You know, following our exciting ball club, uh, baseball excitement is back in the Motor City. Uh, Summer is my favorite season, but as we're transitioning into fall, something to enjoy. There's some exciting baseball races, but uh, you know what? I've had a great summer. uh, Excited to go back into fall.
2: I'm actually really hoping that this is kind of the last, what is it, September, where we're not like actively in a race of some sort. In some ways, we're racing towards 500, which is... In its own regard, I'd rather be racing towards a playoff spot, but yep. you know, can't, can't get everything you want. Yep.
1: I think the last time we talked, I said if they ended five games within 500, I'd be happy, and you know, they're I mean, chasing that. It, it, there's a potential for them to finish over 500 which blow my mind
2: that would be unbelievable yeah like truly unbelievable like tell you that at the beginning of the season there is no chance that you would believe that
1: especially not after April
2: <laughs> yeah especially not after April uh, so for those of you who didn't catch us uh, last time we were here at moots Alex is uh, moderator for the Detroit uh, Tigers reddit board so it's always nice when we can uh, get together and make some audio magic. So I figured that being here in a restaurant, it would be a good time to talk about like a, a true um, dinner table conversation. Um, I love it. So according to The Guardian, a uh, London newspaper, there is a research professor at Duke University that is working on a toilet that uses sensors and AI to analyze your deposits, so to speak. And they're hoping to have an early model ready to be tested within the next year. It's supposed to uh, provide, and I'm quoting here, information related to cancer and many chronic diseases. And it can give you lifestyle suggestions and tell you when to eat things like more fiber or certain nutrients or, for instance, to work out what food triggered, and I'm quoting again here, uncomfortable gastric episode. How in on this are you?
1: Uh, At the start, I'm not going to be an early adopter by any means. Uh, I'd like to see some other people, you know, try it out first. But who knows? It could be the next Instagram. You know, you're showing your friends like, hey, this is what happened last night. Stay away from the veal at this place.
2: (laughs) I didn't even think about that. The potential social networking that can go with it. Unlimited potential. Uh, We we should start an app. Definitely. I mean, they're going to need an app developed. I don't have that ability, but you know, I'm sure somebody out there does million-dollar um, idea. But like, in some ways, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is—it's kind of one of those things. Like, even though we can, should we? But I feel like everything is becoming so health-centered and so health-like. It's—it's basically just the next iteration of a Fitbit. Like, it's—you um, know—being able to to kind of test some of that stuff is actually like could be very weirdly monumental i don't know
1: it could be i mean the health benefits alone i understand that from a pragmatic standpoint but if i can quote my favorite movie they were so preoccupied figuring out if they could they didn't stop to think that they should jurassic park jurassic
2: park i i i thought so but i want to hear you say it before i made a fool of myself I don't watch I don't very many movies. You They're nailed it. You nailed it. Um, I once had the idea for a, a urinal that would give you a readout. Like, it would give you a moving target that you would try to hit, and then give you a readout of, like, your stats and your accuracy. Is that and like old-school
1: Duck Hunter, remember? Yeah, <laughs>
2: kind of like that, just with, you know, a urinal. <laughs> but uh, it, it sadly has not taken off, at least as of yet.
1: you still got a lot of time.
2: So anyway, if there's anyone out that, there That's like a
1: Gen Z thing for sure, Generation <laughs> Alpha. You know, you just got to wait them out.
2: That's true, yeah. For sure, one of one of the uh, the youngins. Um, it's just a shame. I wish Eric was here to hear that story. I feel like that would have been straight up his right alley. up his alley. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter and Instagram. I am at hosted by Jay Hall and Alex is at aurban91. And as always, the podcastianos is presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. We are here. Uh, it's the Motor City's only authentic New York pizzeria and is a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. It is among the best of the best that we have to offer here in the Motor City. Some of our favorites are the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, the Bee Sting, and of course the world-famous Garlic Knots. And for those who want to spend some time at the bar, they have a killer uh, and well-priced selection of cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies or grab an authentic slice from their slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit mootspizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they offer two hours of validated parking in the Z-Lot, which I'm currently parked in. Fourth floor. I believe it's green. I like that they color code them so that you can remember where you're supposed to, to take the elevator to.
1: It is very helpful. As a colorblind individual, I have to pay attention to the really? number. Really? Interesting. Indeed. Yeah.
2: So the lights on the like stoplights. Sure. Sure. Do you like memorize the location? Can you tell the difference, like what, what's going it, on It's there? a
1: great question. So uh, most people that are colorblind are not like gr- shades of gray colorblind, they're partially colorblind. So I can tell a lot of shades. Um, I can tell the differences on a stoplight, but you just have to pay attention to the light. Um, which, Which you, is good advice
2: for everybody, uh, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it gets me in trouble with a, a lot of things at work, and you know, people love to make yeah, jokes about it. But definitely, you probably better. rely
2: heavily on hex numbers and whatnot to get that exact like <laughs> oh, match. Yeah, um, I, I
1: cannot have a, a career in graphic design by any means. I found that out pretty early. <laughs> I remember in like third grade, I told my art teacher, "I was like, I'm colorblind. So, you know, do I have to do any of this?"
2: D- did you? Yeah. Still no, had to do the that's, finger painting. That's, that sucks. That's a that's a tough break. <laughs> double double dish. Shout
1: out to Miss Liskey if you're out there.
2: <laughs> have you? So, I've heard that they have like glasses that make you be able to see the colors. A, is that actually a thing? And B, have you, would you?
1: It is a thing. Okay. Um, I know a few people that have had it. I've, I've heard mixed results. The thing with those is they're uh, sunglasses, so they're not prescription. Oh. But like, you know, I, so I want the technology to advance where I can get like a prescription regular set of glasses rather than wearing sunglasses indoors or anything like that. But
2: so probably I, right about the same time this. Uh, Smart Toilet right, is developed, exactly. those will also come out. Exactly, exactly.
1: I'd like to give them a, a try at some point, uh, but they're like you know $300 and up right now, so got to wait for that price point expensive. to come down.
2: Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, the world's not, not that great in full color. Like, you're, you're probably- I'm glad to hear
1: you say that. I'll take your word for it. Yeah,
2: it's it, it's It's whatever. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, we have put in our orders. I have gone for the, uh, the belt gnocchi, big gnocchi guy. I don't know exactly at what point I determined that like that's kind of the goat pasta, but it really is. It uh, is. I, I so, would have to agree. So it's potato gnocchi, pecorino romano, and ricotta and palomino sauce. Honestly, I don't even really know what that means, but the picture looks fantastic.
1: It is one of their staple pasta dishes, oh, uh, yeah. Mooch Pizzeria in a Bar. In addition to their fantastic pizzas, they have uh, hoagies. Salads, pizzas, you know desserts anything that you want to get and you got one of the most popular So what did you what orders did you put in uh, so for us? You know, I got a couple appetizers for us to try the truffle bumblebee the whipped sheep's milk ricotta, the bee pollen honeycomb fig truffle honey and the Tony walnuts bread uh, very interested in trying that we got the sharing plank, which is a charcuterie board and then we got the moots uh, Bread, which is a cheese bread that uh, a friend of mine, Shane, shout out to Shane, said is the best cheese bread he's ever had, and he's a cheese bread connoisseur.
2: Wow, that's that's a bold statement. It is bold. So, what was the the sheep's milk? What what was that? The
1: ricotta cheese.
2: Now I know ricotta you have a, cheese. I'm, I know I'm, you have a very defined palate. Can you tell the difference between a sheep milk ricotta and uh, whatever it's normally oh, made it just out arrived of? Arrived at the same. All right, it's uh, I guess we're gonna find out here. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast Giannos. All right, so we are now well-fed, enough nourishment to to finish the show. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. You had quite the spread. You got the charcuterie board, the truffled bumblebee, and the cheese bread. Uh, Give me a a highlight and something that surprised you.
1: Uh, I think the highlight is definitely the moot spread. Uh, formally uh, mentioned my friend uh, before we had the break and lives up to the reputation phenomenal cheese bread the truffle bumblebee uh, excellent as well a little bit of a sweeter cheese softer cheese with the honey and charcuterie board uh, a little bit more cheese and meats than I was expecting you know you get a lot of bang for your buck here
2: yeah it's huge I'll post I'll post uh, pictures to the social like you know any good couple out for on a Friday night you did share the apps with me the (laughs) truffle bumblebee I don't know. I told you this. I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but it was not it. But it was very good. You get the, the sweet of the cheese and the honey, which is always good. Are you a big honey guy? I am a big honey guy. I feel I eat, like uh, honey is wildly underrated.
1: I I couldn't agree more. It uh, doesn't expire. And, uh, really? And back, it does not, you know, they huh. found in the pyramids, and this might be wildly inaccurate, and <laughs> I've always heard they found in the pyramids uh, older honey, and it was still edible because really? there's nothing in it that can go bad. Yeah. That is wild. My are, mind
2: yeah. is blown. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, I, I like a good condiment sandwich at home when I'm, uh, you know, the wife isn't around, and I just stuck doing whatever I wants and kind of sandwich. You're going to have to explain this one to me. Uh, so it's like a poor man's quesadilla, but one <laughs> aspect of it is peanut butter and honey. Peanut butter and honey sandwich. You know, chop up some bananas if you're getting a little zesty. It's it's really good.
2: It's like eat that with your pinky up. It's like a delicacy.
1: Poor man's delicacy.
2: <laughs> that actually doesn't sound too bad. Uh, so I I'm got the, the belt gnocchi, which... How it was, was, it so was fantastic. I'm it was sorry. spicy. I wasn't expecting that. I like spicy foods. I was expecting, you know, pasta usually creamy. I don't really step too far outside of the very, very norm of pastas. But, yeah, it was fantastic. Would 100% order again. I told myself before this, like, each time I'm going to try and get something different. But that might might test the theory. We'll
1: see. And you did say you feel that gnocchi is the uh, premium of
2: pasta, correct? I do, yeah. I would say so. it's gnocchi and then fusilli and then just noodles. Love it. Okay. Wow. What, what's what's at the top of your pasta rankings?
1: Ooh, ooh. Um I might have to agree. A little homemade really? gnocchi. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's tough to make. I come from an Italian uh, family and my grandfather makes gnocchi. It's
2: it's very good, but it's incredibly hard to make. So I can't even imagine trying to make that. Like just I hadn't really thought about how the gnocchi actually gets made. Very labor intensive. Yeah, it looks very labor intensive. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so baseball is unfortunately – well, Tigers baseball is unfortunately almost over now. Uh, we were recording on Friday, so 152 games down, just 10 more to go. I feel like the baseball season's always funny. Like from April to mid- excuse me, mid-August, it always feels like, well, is this thing ever going to end? Like it is the longest season in the world. And then you get to September, and September 1 through the end of the year is like gone. It's. I don't know if that's just me or if that's no, not no. at all. All
1: right. I mean, w- when you're in the dog days of summer, you're like, this is the longest season of any sport. Why is it this long? You can <laughs> chop off 30 games, and you're at the end of September, September. You're like, oh man. Like, if you don't have a playoff team, you're like, looking at your watch all the way till February. Could we get 30 more? Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Cuts a Manfred going. Well, may- maybe. <laughs> I'll see why we wouldn't. Um, so. Eric and I will obviously be doing a kind of a bigger picture season recap. uh, Stuff in weeks to come. Uh, But I thought tonight we could be a little bit more reflective. Um, Take some time to kind of mentally wade through what we've seen this year. Uh, But first, I want to touch on the fact that the fellas just wrapped up two more series wins against division champs in the Sox and the Rays. uh, White Sox, I guess I should say. Which brings the uh, September scalp total to two series wins over the Rays, one over the Sox, a two-game sweep over the brewers and a 12 and 7 record overall. Now that is how you finish a season.
1: It's a, it's really exciting to watch. Um, it seems like they're playing up to their competition and I think AJ Hinch has these boys, you know, they feel like they can win any game against any opponent. And I, I don't know why, like, the Rays seem like an intimidating team to me to play because they always have it together and they always have good teams. Yeah, but for real. to be able to play like they did, and especially, you know, also the White Sox division leaders, you know, they have a really good clubhouse over there. They didn't show any, any fear in playing these lineups, and, and they did the job.
2: Yeah, I feel like you really have to give it to – I mean, I always am going to lean towards the the manager and, and the pitching coach, specifically our pitching coach, of getting guys in that right. Like, it takes a mindset to win in September. I feel like it's kind of like the baseball equivalent of a bowl game. Like, it yeah. doesn't – at this point, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, nobody remembers who wins the Goodyear – insert whatever random bolts. You know, I'm a Michigan fan. We only go to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Um <laughs> But, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, nobody remembers, but, but, like, it actually can help you build momentum going into the next season, and, like, this is actually very exciting. I would love to
1: see some of these players hold on to the confidence. They, like, Robbie Grossman is having a career year in so many ways. Uh, Jamer Candelario looks like a completely different player. Is he going to be the one leading you into a, a title? Absolutely not, but could he be the fourth fifth best player on a a really good team if he keeps up what he's doing absolutely yeah you want to see that translate over to the next season and I think AJ Hinch can make that happen with the tweaks he's making whatever he's doing is working
2: yeah definitely and I mean you talk about both those guys being third fourth fifth best players on the team like good rebuilds kind of tend to build that depth and then complement it with pieces once they get close like I'm not saying that Chris will, but we're in a position for like that actually to be the play. Yes. You know, when Torque comes up, Riley comes up, and then he throw in a Correa, like all of a sudden, Jamer as the, the fourth behind those, like that's not bad.
1: It, it's really exciting. It almost feels a little bit like 0405, where you got you got something bubbling. You know, not too many people are paying attention, but you want to sprinkle in a little of that zest, yeah. a little of that those free agents complement and supplement what you have now, and then hey, let's go for it. The sky's the limit. I want playoffs next season, Jordan.
2: Oh, that is a bold. That's a bold shout. All right. So I. I mean, I definitely do too. Put a put a handicap on that. What are you thinking? I'm. i It actually happening.
1: I would. I'm anticipating they will compete for the first wild card spot. Uh, one of the two wild card spots. I don't think they're going to be division winners. I think the White Sox. The next couple of years are going to have that unlocked. They look like an absolute juggernaut. Uh, but you know what with a couple pieces here and there some help they could be they could make some noise
2: I agree yeah I would say it's like I think like 40 percent chance of trying to snag one of those wild cards unfortunately okay. I, I I don't see us competing with the White Sox for at least another year right I agree with and that. then when you have the Rays the Yanks and the Sox all in that same like it's gonna be tough but you know you got Mice, you got Scooble you got Fetter like It's time to roll. It's time to roll. I'm sick sick of waiting. It's time to roll.
1: I'm I'm right there with you. I want to see it. And uh, Chris Fetter is going to lead us to greatness. You heard it. (laughs) Uh,
2: So the whole season's been, like we said, kind of a a bit of a pleasant surprise. Who are some of your specific pleasant surprises coming out of this uh, overall positive 2021 campaign?
1: Absolutely. If I could (laughs) hand out flowers. uh, First, Kyle Funky K. Funkhauser. You know what? He was kind of lost starter in the minor leagues comes up, gets some help from Chris Fetter, and he turns in a, as of today, 3.25 ERA, 1.3 whip, which is all right. He's got a 1.1 war and one save. You know, those aren't spectacular numbers by any means, but from where he was, a fourth round pick, you know, he was the first round pick of the Dodgers whenever, but he has really cemented himself as someone that they can build off of.
2: Even from where he was, like, two years ago, or maybe even one year ago, like... I did not see a, a positive WAR season coming from him. No, no. And all of a sudden, he's a full a full one. It's like, incredibly promising. Yeah. Uh, another
1: bullpen guy, Gregory. Uh, in quotes, he was an All Star Soto. Three point three nine ERA, eighteen saves, one point three whip, one point four four WAR. Uh, potentially, be the guy that you would hate to see on another team. One of those guys that I think you look at the other team and you're just like really like you know grinds your gears and you just like <laughs> hate to see him on the mound because he. Most down your team every time, but I think he could be that guy because he's wildly effective, right? Yeah. He's bounced the ball all over the place, but he can throw absolute heat. And then, uh, of course, my my third flowers go to Akil, literally a rule five pick (laughs) to do. Uh, He's fallen off a little bit recently, but uh, 2.259 batting average, 0.778 OPS, 13 home runs, 1.5 war. Is he growing into a potential everyday player? I ask you.
2: I, I think he is. Like, I think he'll for sure come into next year. With the chance to win that spot. And I, obviously I everyone it. would love yeah. for him to do so. Yep. The question I pose back to you, and Eric and I have discussed this before, is he the greatest Rule 5 pick of all time? Ooh,
1: that's a great question. I think he is the greatest Rule 5 pick in Detroit Tigers history. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd have to really look back because I, I feel like I've done research before and there's been some all-stars mm. when they first started the Rule 5 draft. I could be mistaken, but he is the best that I can remember by a long shot.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's typically like it's mostly just a crapshoot and we've pulled something that is far from uh far from average out of that
1: and you know what i i harp on alivia all the time i have to give him credit here or whoever made that pick who identified a kill badu because he was not on anyone's radar
2: yeah there was a lot of guys i can't remember at this point i feel like there's been so many years that they've taken somebody we didn't want in the rule 5 pick or rule 5 draft that there was like a lot of guys that people the tigers fans were like no take him take him and yeah i I cannot say that I'd ever heard of Akil Badu prior to can't that one day in, what, December.
1: Um, I, well, I would love to hear your pleasant surprises. Uh,
2: my pleasant surprises actually read fairly similar. Um, I had Badu and Funkhauser. Tyler Alexander is the big one for me. Like, yes. I kind of, like, I feel like I say this every time I talk about Tyler Alexander. I thought he was, like, kind of a fancy Blaine Hardy. Like, <laughs> just kind of, like, maybe ever so slightly better stuff. But at the end of the day, like, a lefty swing, man. But he's actually shown the ability to maybe be a little bit more than that. Like, he's not an elite end starter. He's never going to be a opening day guy, but I think he could be part of the rotation on a fairly like dependable basis next year. And based on some of the injuries, I, th- I think he's going to have to be. So,
1: he he's been a, an excellent soldier in the fact that he's taken the ball whenever they'd ask him to do it. And I think you bring up a great point. People want like the amazing strikeout numbers and the guys that can throw high heat and you know number one, two, three starters, and they think anything less than that is you know there's something to be said about a solid, quality, dependable fourth, fifth starter that you can count on every day. You think back to those years of uh, I don't know, Rick Porcello. Yeah. Um, Drew Smiley when he was really good, things like that. You know, you can't have a rotation of Even complete Even Armando Galera- Galarraga, exactly, yeah, right? for sure. you, Somebody that can take the ball every fifth day and, and throw you decent innings and eat up some innings for you, that is invaluable, and that's something that every team needs as they move forward into uh, in, into a competitive team for the playoffs.
2: I feel like you contrast that with what happened directly after those guys. Your Brad Pennies and your Mike Pelfries yes. and basically everyone we've had since. Like, It makes a big difference when you can't round out a rotation, and yeah,
1: if I can be so cliche, you don't know what you have until it's gone. right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I was fairly vocally not a Galaraga guy when he lost the well perfect game or, or no hit whatever it was. I actually laughed out loud because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> but looking back, he was much better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. Um, but you know what's what's gone is gone. Willie Peralta basically copy paste like all of the same things. I. I don't know what kind of voodoo Chris Fetter is working with, with Willie Peralta, but continue to work said voodoo.
1: Willie Cy Young, 15th place, uh, Peralta. Like what? I'm shocked, I'm uh, delighted, and I'm hoping that he'll bring him back next year. I hope so,
2: too. Plus, he's he's kind of one of those, like, he doesn't... He doesn't have that, like, professional athlete's body, and he kind of gives hope to all the rest of us, like, just normals. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, dude that looks like that can go out and be a professional athlete. It's an everyday hero. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's in a thousand times better shape than all of us, but just looking at him, you know. Uh, All right, so let's move on. Oh, and Eric The story is just unbelievable.
1: Hometown hero. Love him.
2: Uh, Guys that have
1: disappointed you. So we talked about this a little bit in the break, and I had kind of forgotten some of the guys that had, had left the team early in the season. Um, but the, the guys that have stuck around, I hate to use them because I'm a big fan of the person, but Matthew Boyd, for the sole fact, and this is not his fault, but like the injuries, right? Like I was looking for a big step up from him, and the numbers aren't bad. 3.89 ERA, He only 15 games, though. 1.2 whip, 1.4 war. Solid numbers, but, you know, the injuries, the number of games... Steam, still seems to be a little bit prone to the long ball,
2: <laughs> but compared to last year, it is unbelievable. Like, I mean, he didn't lead the AL in home runs, yes, so that's <laughs> that's
1: very true. Um, so, I, I hate, to, like I said, I hate to use him as an example of a disappointing season. I just wanted to see a bigger step up, and we did. Didn't get to see enough of him to see what we have last year. His contract next year before uh, he's an un- unrestricted free agent. So, I don't know. I don't know what we
2: have in Matt Boyd. That is, that's. I mean, that's going to be the big the big talking point all offseason i would imagine um for me the big one is like there's the big one and then all the rest of them willie castro i was i mean from the very beginning on willie like that was my guy i thought he was the shortstop of the future turns out that that's not actually accurate um he might not be the anything of the future i still think there's a player in there but holy crap was he subpar this year
1: he, he definitely played down to the expectations, right? Like, at the end of last season, you were looking at this guy like, okay, this is someone that you can build off of. You know, it's someone that you know you give him a little bit of time, but I completely agree with you. Underwhelmed completely, and, and you match that with the, the defensive lack of prowess. Um, <laughs> That's a very
2: nice and pleasant way to put that, lack of prowess. <laughs> um, so diplomatic. Uh,
1: he, he is a 4A player, in my <laughs> opinion, until he proves me
2: otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to stick him down there until he can – I don't I feel like he kind of falls in that same range with some of the other guys like it's not really much left to learn down mm-hmm. at yeah. the farm but like they're just not cutting it at the big leagues like I, it's a it's a quandary. I don't know what you do with that. Mm-hmm. That uh, my other big one is, is Joe Jimenez. Like
1: Joe Briefcase Jimenez, like I got on oh, my shit too.
2: I just it's it's just not happening with him. Like he's not Bruce Rendon. Like it didn't go that poorly. But compared to what we've seen at points, like this just isn't the Joe we were hoping for. And I, I think he might be washed at this point somehow. I think so. I, and you
1: don't know if it's mental, you don't know if it's mechanics, or if it's just the stuff at this point. Uh, 6.15 ERA, 1.58 whip, a negative 0.5 ward, only one save on the season. I mean, this is a, a gentleman that has been given the keys to the closer role. You know, they've given him every opportunity to do so, and, and he squandered the opportunities. Um, you know, you hate to harp on a player, but it's just—it's it, time to see what else is out there. I think he could be a, a lower leverage player. Still see what you got. I'd like to, him to hang around maybe the 6th, 7th inning role, but um, he, he, you just can't depend on him in any way.
2: Yeah, hard, hard yikes on Joe. Um, and if, Joe, you're listening, my apologies, buddy, because I got the sneaking suspicion that he may tune into a few of the various Tigers podcasts. Um, in addition to retweeting all of his love. All right, so the other big news this week was the hiring of uh, former big leaguer and most recently a um, An- or Anaheim, Los Angeles Angels uh, coach Ryan Garko uh, as the new vice president of player development. Basically, he'll be in charge of the entire farm system, which is a pretty monumental task. Um, so according to our good friend Evan Woodbury, he served in kind of a hybrid role with the angels that allowed him to work closely with the analytic departments. Don't hate that. I
1: don't I it, it's what this organization needs to take the next step, right? Like they have this this analytical department or machine called Caesar. It's kind of nebulous and no one really knows what's going I love on love it there. though. Right, they went from the stone age yeah. to, you know, okay, they're starting to keep with the re- compete with the rest of the teams, but when I hear analytics tied with this position, that's all I want yes, to hear. Yes, definitely. Um, so it wasn't entirely expected. There was other names mentioned that, you know, for some of the top organizations that have strong farm systems. However, how, even, level? even though I'm skeptical, um, I trust A.J. Hinch. I think he had a strong hand to this. I hope he had a strong hand to this. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm willing to be patient and see what this this guy's got. The only thing I know him from is, uh, you know, when he played with Travis Happner, <laughs> prank those teams from the Indians. Uh, when they used to, you know, beat up on the tigers back and forth, but um, I, I, he had an interview where he was talking about the focus on mental health I love and a that. holistic yep. approach, and I really, really like that because I feel like uh, we forget how young some of these players are, right? Like they're they're between 19 to 24 years old, coming up to the major leagues, and they're playing in front thousands upon thousands of people. And I look at myself. And uh, I would have crumbled under the pressure, <laughs> right? And I, I wasn't a ball player at all. But um, focus on that and, and trying to create a well rounded individual in addition to a baseball player.
2: Oftentimes, thousands of miles from home, too. Like, Ex- I feel like yeah. that's something that yeah. people that's forget a, great about point. a lot of times, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. Uh, even big leaguers, it's it's very easy to forget. Like, they're not just athletic robots, Like there's external factors that are always going on. Yep. And yeah, I really like that he's going to. Holistic. That's that's a great word and something that you would have really imagine that most uh, farm directors would have. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I appreciate that that's kind of his approach too.
1: Absolutely. And I, I really hope that it does work out because I feel like this is a position where if you don't nail it, you're stuck on that treadmill of mediocrity, right? For sure. Because I, I feel like they've been in the bottom of the league and that's putting it politely, in player development. <laughs> that is um, putting it politely. And, and I would really like to see them step up because they're not going to spend like Mike Illich used to spend. So you, it, it's an even more importance on, you know, nailing or developing the later ground draft picks and the international free agents. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Garko, best of luck. Glad to have you. Let's see what you can do.
2: Yeah, so as I was telling you while we were while we were eating, like, I don't know the first thing about Ryan Garko beyond what he did as a player, but he no longer, like, now that we have both A.J. Hinch and Chris Fetter, there are more people in the organization that a candidate needs to impress other than Al Avila. Like, you and I walk in with a fancy graphic, you know, infographic we made on Canva, and I think <laughs> Al is like, sign these guys up. But it takes a lot more to impress those two, you know, Fetter and A.J. Hinch. Like, I don't know. I I have no inside knowledge on this one, but because they believe, I believe. So I'm in. I'm with you. All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to, to talk about I want to give a quick shout out to Anthony Ghost uh, making it back to the bigs on the bump with Cleveland as a fan base and specifically us as a show we gave Anthony uh, quite a bit of crap as for his inability to hit and uh, I believe that he can't remember if he said he didn't believe in analytics or just it wasn't for him so that made it the rounds on Twitter a while back like we gave him a bunch of crap but it's It's incredibly difficult to make the big leagues at all. Like, most guys don't. I mean, every kid grows up wanting to, and precious few do. He's now done it twice in two separate capacities. So I feel like a little bit of a a tip of the cap to Tony. I mean, I still don't think he's any good. I I don't think he's going to stick, but he's he's there. He did it.
1: Jordan, how can you not be romantic about baseball? I mean, this guy, he was an outfielder. He came up in the Jays system. You know, he has a decent decent fielder he couldn't hit it all we get him in that uh travis trade you know he's, he's sticking around worst interview i've ever heard in my life i don't know if you ever heard him on tv he's just like yeah we we, we got we got a big good ball club and that was the entirety of the interview and they try to get more of him. but i love it uh the guy throws heat i think he you does. know upper 90s um and even with the indians I, you know you kind of root for him just to succeed because Especially right now, it doesn't matter. We're not playing the Indians, <laughs> but you know, let him. I don't think he's going to stick either. But you know, I I love this story. Yeah. Um. And and good for Anthony Ghost. And it's nice to see, uh, former Tigers friend or you know whatever that thing is on Twitter. It's really old funny. F- old friend alert. Old friend, yeah, old friend alert.
2: It's really funny how much they the Tiger Twitter killed. I think that was one of Avila's first moves over the the Travis. Yeah. Like, because for a while he was hot in the streets, yep. and then. They both just kind of went straight downhill. And.
1: I, w- I would like to point out, at that time, I remember this distinctly, uh, Travis was the Tigers' number one prospect. And that was Yikes. just, ooh. And then, I, you know, you're on the Reddit boards and on Twitter, and the, the Jays fans are like, we got the Tigers' number one prospect. Yeah, and I was like, have fun with that. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, so I am going to try something on the show that I have never done in the history of the podcastianos. I am going to power rank something. take inspiration from eric um so we'll see these are the top seven and bottom three tv sitcom characters as many of you know out there i don't i don't watch movies they are too long so my medium of choice is of course the sitcom because every episode is wrapped up in 20 minutes you don't have to have a whole long time commitment so here are the top seven and bottom three. Uh, number seven is from Silicon Valley. I'm going to ask you, have you seen all of these shows before I go into the big, long spiel on all of them? Have you seen Silicon Valley?
1: I, I have not seen that one. All right.
2: So number seven is Jin Yang. Um, he is the lack of facial affect and the way that he becomes kind of this, like, mob boss Don is very funny over the course of the seasons. And uh, the way he delivers the Ehrlich is dead line, which, spoiler alert, um yeah, very funny. All right, number six, Arthur Spooner from King of Queens slash Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. Oh yeah. All right, so that's a classic. Jerry Jerry Stiller, right? Yes. Yep. yes. That
1: he recently passed, didn't he?
2: What uh, did
1: he recently pass, or is he still with us?
2: He very well may have. I wouldn't necessarily know. <laughs> I, I I take your knowledge on the subject okay. over my own, um, like. In the two, so uh, Arthur Spooner's from King of Queens. Like He's basically the same character. I don't don't know that he's capable of doing anything more than just like, kind of his rage. Yes. Uh, He says at one point, would you believe that I had a silver dollar collection? (laughs) Um,
1: You can hear the voice in your head, though, right?
2: Um, Number five, have you seen Dave on FX?
1: Just a couple episodes. Okay, so uh, for those at home,
2: it's about a... uh, like it's kind of like Seinfeld for Millennials it's about a rapper named Dave that's it basically just follows like a semi-fictionalized version of his life and his hype man's name is Gata who basically all of his lines are like a stream of consciousness but like of a lunatic it is so fun like he just rattles boom 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 he's very funny uh so number four are The fellas from New Girl. Have you seen New Girl? I have seen New Girl. I am
1: a avid, well, I used to be in my younger days of true American. Oh. <laughs> have
2: you ever played that game? It, I, I mean, I've seen it played many okay. times it, in the it show. It is a real
1: game. It is for, a real game. For the listeners at home, it is a board game of furniture. Like, don't touch the floor, it's lava. <laughs> but you drink copious amounts of beer.
2: <laughs> Which they play, I don't know, four or five times throughout the... Yes. I, I feel like that is kind of my favorite modern sitcom. Like, that, that's my go-to. Seinfeld's, like, probably the best ever. I'm not, by, by me, no means a historian. But so New Girls is definitely my favorite. And, like, the, the, the boys in that are really what make it, I would say. Schmitty and, and Nick Miller. It's uh, a
1: very underrated show.
2: It, it is. I feel like everyone's, oh, The Office, which to, The Office is very funny. But New Girls on Netflix. You should give it a try. Um, the way Co- Schmidt is constantly, like, mispronouncing words and his <laughs> chutney and, and whatnot. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Number three uh, is from Schitt's Creek. It's Alexis Rose. Have you seen Schitt's Creek?
1: I have seen Schitt's Creek.
2: Um, I feel like it's very difficult to kind of pull off like that half snob, but also like not really having any idea how the world works. David. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: She, <laughs> like, that actress, <clears throat> you know what? That entire cast absolutely nails it.
2: It's, yeah, it's such a good show. Um, Canadian, you know is it really yeah no idea I had no idea either I didn't really even know Canada made TV shows but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got um, I, I love it when she boops people it's made me start boop people uh, number two is Roy Kent from Tad Lasso have you seen Ted Lasso I have not seen it so uh, it's, it's on my list it's getting all of the love in the world which it should it, it's an incredible show Really, like people have maybe gotten a little bit carried away with it but it's it's excellent But Roy Kent is a – he is the aging player that is annoyed by everything. It's basically just a ball of rage, and he takes swearing kind of and turns it into an art form. Uh, What else do I have here in my notes? But he also is good-hearted. Like, yeah. You love it. I I imagine that you will also find Roy Kent very funny. Uh, And then number one is Kramer from Seinfeld. I think he's just the best TV character ever. Like – there are all, basically all of the classic Seinfeld scenes I feel like he's in the heart of. Uh, the Fusilli Jerry, the little Jerry Seinfeld, like the physical comedy or whatever yes. is is pretty good. Uh, I feel like he is very much one that current shows try to imitate. Yes. But they have a hard time kind of getting it because, you know, they're not the original. Um, all right. So those are the top. Oh, I was supposed to give you a guess at what number one was. Would you have guessed Kramer? Maybe. And Kramer, just, Kramer or Michael Scott. Oh, Mike. Yeah. He's he's in my honorable mentions. Um, all right. So bottom three. Third from the worst is Marie Barone from Everyone Loves Raymond. She's <laughs> yeah, so. Cr- everyone's favorite mother-in-law. Yeah. She's so cringy. And, like, I, I understand the purpose of her character. But I feel like a lot of times it crosses from, like, funny to, oh, I'm actually uncomfortable with what's going on right now because of her. Yes.
1: Anyone who has Italian heritage has that woman in their family, whether it's an auntie, your mom, your
2: mother-in-law, your grandma. There is a Marie Barone in every Italian family. That's funny. I'm—I don't have any any sort of Italian influences in my life. It's good to know. I'll keep an eye out. In
1: the best of ways, but it lives <laughs> up to that reputation.
2: Uh, so second from the worst, and this isn't a sitcom. I just wanted to get this hot take out there. But both of the Gilmore Girls—they just drive me nuts. Have you seen the Gilmore Girls? Uh, not much of it. At oh all. well, that's it's one of Whitney's favorite shows, but they're they're both just the absolute worst. <laughs> so they're they're so stuck up and so like better than everybody, and in their dealings with like literally everyone and everything, they're so stubborn and over emotional and petty. I just despise both of them. And the last one, uh, it, the worst this TV is the, character, the bottom, the worst. This, is, TV this is the worst of the worst. Okay, Ross from Friends.
1: Wow. Okay. Hit the nail on the head. I could talk about this topic all day. Please do. Uh, Ross Take- from Friends, easily the worst. Are you kidding me? Jennifer Aniston, hash- you know, Rachel on Friends. There's no way. Paleontologist, get out of here. <laughs> Nerdiest guy in the world. Can't stand him. I hate his apartment. I hate his hair. hate everything about him. David is a nice guy, I'm sure. <laughs> Ross, absolutely not. Yeah I, yeah. I have incredibly strong feelings about Ross from Friends.
2: Copy-paste. I feel like... All you need to know about Ross is the, hi.
1: He's, he's <laughs> just, just an I'm just yeah. I don't know,
2: it's um, so bad. Also, I think he was a terrible match for Rachel. I couldn't agree like, more. Uh, he's so possessive, and he's so like selfish, and he didn't want to support her career. Joey was the play there; like they made so much more sense together.
1: I love Joey. I I, I thought he had a great heart. I know they made him out to be a dummy, but. You know, he was, he was a good guy. He's street smart. Just, yeah. just two different things. It's yeah. fine. Ross. Uh, he did give one of the, the best lines of the show and pivot! <laughs> <laughs> you know, but other than that, hate you, Russ. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We both do. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. All right, so let's move on to Twitter questions. The first one comes in from our buddy Adam Dubbin. He says, it looks like Matt Boyd's time with the Tigers might be over. Do you want to try and keep him around until he's healthy again? Or should the Tigers just move on? What do you think?
1: I think Matt Boyd the person is uh, one of the best leaders you could ever want in your organization on your team. Matt Boyd, the player I am ready to move on from. He should have been gone in 2019. Ooh. Uh, he should not be wearing the old English D anymore just because of uh, his repertoire as a player. Um, I I am ready for him after next season, unless they can flip in the, uh, in the off season for, for him to just be done. I think he is a, a very fringe major leaguer at this point in his career, and I don't see a turnaround of any kind.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It doesn't feel like it should end like this, kind of with him probably not playing again. But I think it's going to. I I just unless he's willing to take a severe pay cut to come back, like I I don't see them in a situation where they're trying to you know, gather funds to spend elsewhere. Like I, I don't think they're going to burn $18 million to bring him back or whatever it would take to bring him back. again. I don't think so. And
1: they announced some kind of surgery today. It was not Tommy John. It was some kind of, you know, significant surgery and it always gives you a little bit of hesitation.
2: Yeah. Especially considering, I feel like every time they try and do something other than Tommy John, six months later, you think, why didn't they just do Tommy John? Like Jake Rogers. Yeah. What what are they doing? Every time somebody tries to, to rehab through like, it's not gonna work just just get the surgery i know it's a year and i know it sucks move on um i don't know it it does suck that this is kind of i i think this is how it's gonna end but you know
1: I i will always have great things to say about matthew boyd the person uh i i really do think that he is
2: he represented the city very well but um i'm ready for him to no longer be a tiger and it is wild how like he was the piece that came out of that david price deal like Norris was he was the hot prospect and he I mean basically nothing there all right next one is from Rogelio Castillo uh (coughs) excuse me says favorite MLB City Connect uniform I
1: I did love this question so my favorite the Arizona Diamondbacks the serpentine jerseys I thought they were a hit. I really liked them. I thought they were great for uh, the organization's aesthetic. And uh, my least favorite is also my least favorite team in the Major Leagues because David Ortiz broke my heart at one time. (laughs) Boston Red Sox.
2: Yes, they're not even the right colors. It's yellow. It's absurd.
1: As much as I dislike the Red Sox, I can appreciate their whole thing, like the the jerseys and the logo and everything like that. It's classic. What are you
2: doing with yellow and blue? Unbelievable! What are you doing? Completely agree. Uh, mine is the Giants. Uh, this is—I'm sure nobody listens to best this. Best or worst? Best. Okay. Okay. I know, I know, and this will become as no surprise to anyone that r- listens regularly. But I'm a massive nerd. I love bridges, so the the extensive bridge imagery on those I'm all about. Um, I could be talked into several other ones, though. I like the idea as a concept. I feel like they got yeah. crapped on a little bit. But I liked, I liked the concept. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad choice at all. Uh, last one is from at Gamboms, Craziest thing you've personally witnessed at a ballgame?
1: That is a tough question. Uh, I, I remember distinctly some man watching the game with his shirt off. <laughs> and people were booing said man. I, and they were saying, put your shirt back on. Boo. And then he proceeded to get up, walk up the stairs, sat behind the people that were booing him with his shirt still off. Of course. And just lean back and put his arms over his head. And then he just starts chatting with them.
2: And I thought it was going to be a brawl, but, you know, I think they were all just drunk and had a good time. I think that's how you, what, uh, influence people w- make friends and influence people i think that's that's how you do it possibly keep the shirt off though obviously obviously, obviously. um so last spring training before um covid like shut everything down. so kind of that time frame was out in the outfields with actually adam dubbin from one of the previous questions and our buddy keenan carter um and it was batting practice and a fella like it was an old person because it's florida and everyone down there's old person got hit in the side of the head with a home run ball because it, the ball was jumping out that day wow. and I swear there was gray matter on the ground. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think that's actually true, but like he that's very scary. He took though. it s- square. Wow. So it wasn't like actively within the plane surface, but I was like
1: was he concussed? What was I would imagine okay. so.
2: Okay. He, they, I think like the stretcher took him away or whatever, oh, wow. but yeah, it was that's it serious. was a whole thing. Oh. It was blood and yeah, so So that's that. What up, fam? This is, of course, your boy, Jordan, here to tell you about one of my all-time favorites, Moot's Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me. I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like Garlic Knots, the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, gemelli pasta and that chocolate lava cake is hotter than andrew romine in april and they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter it's going to be an instant favorite visit mootspizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order and don't forget they validate two hours of parking in lot z tell them jordan and eric sent you uh that's about all we have for today. I, I do have some honorable mentions for my power rankings because Eric does that, and I felt obligated to do it just like he does. Some other ones, uh, Jason Mendoza from The Good Place.
1: Okay, good one. Are you Do you like The Good Place? I love The Good Place. That was a
2: great show. Yes. I Very, thought it,
1: it ended on a, a weaker note. Um, it was always going to be a tough one to end, Yeah, like, I agree. I don't, I don't know exactly what you do with that. I'm, I am a big fan of that show and all the all the uh, main players in it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Blake from Workaholics? Yep, good one. Uh, the Janitor from Scrubs. That dude's just a maniac. I
1: Yeah, Janitor from Scrubs was one of my favorite shows of all time when I was younger. Uh yeah, that, that is a great one. Did you know that in the first couple seasons he was supposed to be a figment of JD's imagination? Ooh, that would have been good too. Yeah. So he didn't actually interact with any of the other people on the cast until the later seasons because they were supposed to be just you know. That's JD, funny. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> there is some very. I feel like there were some very funny people that had some very funny ideas yeah. with that show. Um, the, the mindless peons, Ted's uh, acapella group, came to my college and I went to go see them. Wait, so the real? Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, you know, those guys just kind of do a right. rotating show together. Uh, but yeah, we went to go see him. Uh, rest in peace to Ted. Oh, Ted's dead too. He, he passed. And you were killing everybody I'm, in my I'm life. Very, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Knock on wood. He was. Very he couldn't everyone. have been that old. No, I, I, you know, I think
2: it was some kind of illness, but uh, he was hilarious. R.I.P. Ted, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine?
1: I've never seen it, but I've heard it is the
2: best show that I'm not watching. That's probably. Probably true. I I don't know what shows you're not watching. It is it's good. Let's we'll leave it at that. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> but I I tabbed Gina Linetti and Captain Raymond Holt, both fantastic characters, and finally Michael and Dwight from The Office because okay. yep, it's it's the classic, and they are. I mean, Michael's the show for the first five seasons, and Dwight's the show for the other whatever seasons, basically. How did you feel about Will Ferrell in the show? I was not a
1: huge fan of d'angelo vickers (laughs) i you know i didn't think it was a fit i thought it was fine because you know i feel like they didn't really know what to do to bridge between michael scott and andy um and they tried a few different things and the character is fine i just didn't think it really fit the show and then he gets you know basketball hoop falls on his head and then he's gone forever
2: (laughs) um so i felt like that part was fitting for his character just like in and out yeah it was pretty good I had such high hopes when they saw I, like, it, like that it was Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a then, huge name, and you're like, okay, this is going to go. but yeah. It did not. But anyway, still an absolute classic. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming down to the D with me, hanging out at Moots Pizza. Uh, once again, thanks to, to Moots for not only sponsoring the show, but also hooking us up with some absolutely fantastic food.
1: Thank you. Uh, It's been an honor. I was really excited to join again and uh, appreciate the opportunity, Jordan.
2: If you want to get in touch with either Alex or I, I am on Twitter and Instagram at hostedbyjhall. Alex is at aurban91, and the show is at podcastianos. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Go Tigers.
1: This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.